Welcome. This is Anastasia Uglova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. On September 28, Cato Director of Tax Policy Studies Chris Edwards testified on the current state of the U.S. economy before the Senate Committee on the Budget and the Senate Committee on Finance. In his testimony, Chris argued that the U.S. economy continues to expand and that we appear to be in the middle of a long boom. In his podcast today, he explains which policies brought us here and what we need to focus on going forward. To what does the U.S. economy owe the current boom that we're in? Well, a lot of uh, Republican policymakers in the Bush administration argue pretty strongly that the Bush tax cuts and other Republican policies are the cause of the current economic boom. And certainly the Bush tax cuts have played a role in the current expansion. But I suspect the main reason why the U.S. economy is experiencing such good growth and low inflation these days has to do with just the, the strength of the U.S. private sector, the power of America's entrepreneurs, and the dynamism of global markets that the United States operates in today. In your testimony before the Budget Committee, you argued that, I quote, many studies have shown that, all else equal, the larger the government's share of the economy, the slower economic growth will be. Why is that the case? Well, there's many studies that point to that conclusion that the larger government produces smaller growth. For example, Cato's Economic Freedom of the World report shows that all else equal, countries with bigger governments and more spending have slower economic growth over time. But that's clear even looking at the U.S. federal budget, which is $2.7 trillion a year. But half of that spending is so-called transfer spending, and no one claims that that transfer spending is good for the economy. For example, the largest federal program, Social Security, spends hundreds of billions of dollars a year on benefits. But that system does not spur economic growth. In fact, it suppresses national savings and reduces U.S. economic growth. So the bigger government, the lower the economic growth. The recent tax cuts have not actually benefited the economy as much as expected. What could policymakers have done better? Well, the Bush tax cuts, I think, particularly the capital gains and dividend tax cuts and the other supply-side tax cuts have helped boost the economy. But the large increases in federal spending in recent years have done the opposite. They've suppressed economic growth by transferring more and more resources to the government sector of the economy. And the government sector is simply less productive than the private sector. What is the impact of the federal deficit? Well, a lot of folks who oppose Bush's tax cuts, particularly most of the Democrats on Capitol Hill, argue that the Bush tax cuts wouldn't do any good for the economy because they created large deficits. Now, I think the deficit was mainly caused by the big spending, but the Democrats have a bit of a point in that the tax cuts would have boosted the economy more if they were combined with spending cuts over the last few years. Which of the recent Bush tax cuts have had the most impact on the economy? Well, the Bush tax cuts have been split roughly 50-50 between social policy tax cuts, such as the child tax credit, and supply-side tax cuts, such as the dividend and capital gains tax cuts. The supply-side tax cuts don't aid the economy very much because they don't create greater working and saving and investment and other productive activities. But the supply-side tax cuts have helped boost Wall Street and helped boost Main Street by increasing business investment and greater job creation by American businesses. So there is a big distinction between the types of tax cuts that have been passed in recent years. Could you actually explain the difference there between supply-side tax cuts and social tax cuts? Well, supply-side tax cuts are tax cuts that increase the productive capacity of the private economy. So if you cut individual tax rates, individuals will be spurred to work harder. If you cut corporate tax rates, corporations will be spurred to invest more and create more jobs. 
Those are supply-side tax cuts. They're good for economic growth. On the other hand, Congress often passes tax cuts that let taxpayers keep more of their money but don't spur additional growth. And the best example of that is the $1,000 child tax credit that was passed in recent years. That may spur Americans to have larger families, but it doesn't allow them to work more and keep more of their earnings from starting businesses and from investing and saving and other good productive activities. Which of the recent Bush tax cuts have had the most impact on the economy? Well, going forward, I think the biggest problem with the U.S. tax code is the hugely high U.S. corporate tax rate. The U.S. corporate tax rate combined with state corporate tax rates are now about 40%. In Europe, including all the welfare state countries like France and Germany, the average corporate tax rate is only 27% now, much lower than in the United States. The problem with that is it reduces U.S. investment, which in the long run lowers Americans' wages and economic growth. In your testimony, you stated that current levels of federal spending impede further economic growth. How do we change that pattern? Well, I proposed to the Senate Budget Committee that there's a variety of ways they could go at controlling federal spending. One is there's a lot of programs, frankly, that simply should be cut. I think Social Security benefits cuts should be phased in over a number of years. There should be cuts to Medicare and Medicaid. But in addition, I think we need to change the rules of the game in Washington. And the main idea there, I think, is to put a cap on overall federal spending, to say that federal spending can't rise more than, say, 3 or 4 or 5 percent a year. Some states like Colorado have such caps in place, and they're good for controlling the growth in government. So that's the type of thing we need to look at at the federal level as well. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.